All right. Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater podcast number 50. Can, did, did you guys know that? Did, did, did you know we're up to number 50? No. No, not, not yeah, actually, yeah. no. Yeah, it just wow, kind of like crept up on us, huh? Quite a milestone. Man, uh, I, know, I feel like we just started doing this like <laughs> not that long ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we got a treat uh, for the listeners today. So uh, today we will be discussing uh, King of Fighters 15 um, and specifically the, uh, the, the beta test that they did. So, uh, you know, uh, with, with us today is, uh, you know, uh, James and Thomas, both of them, uh, they actually played the beta and got lot, lots of impressions to share. So, uh, yeah, uh, w before we get into it, uh, just a quick round of introduction. So I I'm your host, Richmond, uh, founder of Art Eater. Uh, yeah, a professional artist, run a game studio, uh, been making video games for, uh, gosh, like over a decade now. Um, yeah. And then uh, everyone else, please uh, do your intros. Oh, hey, everybody. This is James Stanley, uh, better known as uh, Beefy underscore Kudoichi on uh, Twitter. I am a storyboard artist, character designer, uh, art director. Uh, I just like to draw a lot of cool stuff and make it work for a lot of cool things. Uh, glad to be here as always. And uh, got a lot of things I'm prepared to say about the uh, King of Fighters 15 beta. So uh, I'm glad you tuned in. Hello, everyone. So I'm Thomas from France. I'm the web master of artitor.com. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a web developer by day. And sometimes I code things for myself at night or draw. Uh, Recently, I've been taking drawing lessons again for the first time in more than 10 years, and I'm drawing naked people, and I love yes. it. Yes. Nice. So that's a, that's, a, that's a nice feeling, you know, <laughs> to go back to, to your roots like this. I'm glad we're here for talking about King of Fighter because uh, I, uh, I run a website about fighting games, too. And, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of things to talk about, about this new KOF game. So let's go. Okay, let's get right into it. I, uh, okay, but before we start, I just want to say, so I myself, I did not actually play uh, the beta, so so you guys are going to do all the uh, heavy lifting here. Yeah. Okay, so uh, can I give a bit of context for the people that haven't followed SNK for the past 10 years? Sure, let's do it. What's going on? Yeah, so, yeah, please. Basically, when around the, the 2000, people know that SNK became SNK Play More, and uh, the 2000s were a bit strange for SNK because they were they still had Neo Geo, they still, still had KOF, but they were also migrating to other stuff that made more money than the arcades because the arcades were closing, and they had a hard time adapting their license to 3D and new consoles. They did the, the KOF Maximum Impact series. They did uh, some new episode, a new numbered episode of KOF, the 2000. Two who were who was super famous, two thousand three, who is long forgotten. Eleven, who is a very, very not well known but incredible episode. And after that, and I think it was two thousand four, two thousand five, and after that we, we waited for a long time for KOF twelve. And KOF twelve when it came out in two thousand ten or I think it was KOF ten, two thousand eleven. No, it was two thousand ten or two thousand nine. Um, the game was unfinished because basically um, they had the. Uh, I'm not sure of what I'm supposed. I, I know some things by from insiders at SNK, and I, 
I'm not sure which one things I'm not supposed to say, so I'm going to probably mess everything. <laughs> but anyway, so I, if I remember correctly, just, just spill your beans. Was, Tell us everything. Well, yeah, the, the game was all the tea, was, man. All the tea. Okay, all, the, the people assumed that it was the pressure of SF4 that made SNK react and say we're going to put KOF12 uh, out of the door uh, now. But actually, I remember correctly, the story is that they had a deal with an arcade uh, editor uh, and uh, hardware vendor. And if I remember, but I, I can, you know, have things mixed up because it's more than 10 years ago, they had a hard time financially and they asked SNK to put the game out. And SNK obliged. And from what I was told, they only sold something like 300 arcade copies of the game oh man so it was wow. it was, very, it was terrible and and, um, and the producer of the game of kof 12 continued on kof 13 arcade and after that the game lost its producer and a new producer came in and the game had a very hard time kof 13 coming out on consoles and when it finally came out i think was in 2011. Uh, the game was amazing, uh, terrible netcode, but amazing game. It was the, you know, the, the revival of KOF. But yes, and uh, and it it showed that you could still do a lot of gorgeous pixel art and things like that. But you know, we already talked about this in various length in other episodes. People compared it to SF4 and said it must stop predicting blah blah blah. And so, what happened next? And that's what becomes interesting. SNK was not just a game console company anymore. It was also doing things like patching code, patching slot, so uh, a kind of um, dumbbell game that's specific to Japan. And it was also starting to do uh, mobile games and uh, and having success with things like the their um, Metal Slug uh, mobile game. And so what happened is that, if I remember correctly, two sources told me that SNK didn't want to do console games anymore because mm. it was too expensive, too hard to do, and things like that. I remember I published it, these things, and they published a, a letter back saying that they were not at all abandoning uh, console games, but actually they did. <laughs> All the things they, they did on console games was republishing old games with the ROM sets and things like that. And, uh, and it was, uh, they didn't do any major, major new console game for years. And actually, uh, during all those years, their mobile games became better and had success. But the patching code and patching slot scene uh, was uh, more regulated. Because they had a lot, there were in Japan a lot of stories about about personal, um, you know, uh, finance uh, disaster. Personal, um, I'm not finding the right word, but people losing all their money while playing, basically. Yeah, and uh, a lot, of, a lot of addictions and things like that, and everything became more regulated. And from what I was told, when a wave. 14 came out, it was 2017, I think. Uh, James, maybe I'm not sure if I'm 
right on this? I think 14 came out. Trying to think, because it was it was actually August of 2016. 16, okay. Yeah. From what I was told, the one of the founders of SNK, the, the OG SNK boss, uh, came out of his semi-retirement because I think he was still on the board or things like that and said, okay, um, we're going back to console games. And he had to assemble the team. And so he did what everything will do. He went to see his old pals that made some games uh, in the 19th for him. And most of them were actually uh, at DIMS, DIMS being the company that hired a lot of people from Capcom and SNK around 2000 and that developed um, Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter Cross Tekken and a part of Street Fighter 5 for um, Capcom. So basically, they took the, the right guy. And so they started making KW14 and apparently uh, it was decided uh, right even before they started the development that the game still have 50 characters and that was a huge huge problem because making 15 characters in a fighting games is impossible almost impossible so and they were starting from scratch too like they had no models they had no animation nothing basically nothing they didn't even have an engine so they went for uh in-house engine and uh, ky14 came out and uh, it was what it was, which means it's a good game with a lot of defaults, a lot of problems, but also it was a big message, like a big rock in the lake, you know, like, okay, we're back. Okay, we have problems like technical limitations. We have shitty online, we have things like that. But we pushed out of the door a game with 50, 50 characters like almost one quarter of them are new characters. And after that, they continued with DLC and things like that. And the game became like, a, I think now that's like 70 characters in this game. This is incredible. Anyway, so after that, they had their success and they pushed out um, the new Samurai Shodown game. They also did the um, uh, SNK Heroines game, which was <clears throat> uh, special. And now they are back. <laughs> with AOF 15 and uh, I think we're, the con this context is important because basically the most the thing most people are saying to SNK is that your gamers are fucking ugly. Like your games are not on the level of the other games that came out sometimes years before. So you need to, to fix your, your shit. And uh, so they are, uh, and so I think we wait, we waited a lot of time because, you know, uh, Samurai Shodown came out in 2019, so it was already, and uh, KOF 15 will be out in February 2022. So it's been three years and they started the game before. So, oh, that's my new Scraggie. <laughs> <laughs> It's time to go to bed. <laughs> she doesn't like that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So Aww. that's for the context, and so that's the context that leads us to KY15, and um, and a lot of things they decided for this game can be explained by the context of uh, what SNK is, where SNK is now. But I'm I've met, and I'm finishing on this. I've met the people at SNK, like the new strong 
people like Odar and things like that. Um, I also met Neo, uh, Neo G, like the, the uh, legendary battle designer of all the Marvelous Capcom series. He was working at SNK. And they told me that when they started the game, they only had like, uh, for 14, they only had like three senior uh, people on the team and they had to recruit everyone. It's like build a team from nothing, basically. And that explains a lot of things at SNK right now and why they are, you know, uh, struggling or something. But also, uh, Oda said on Twitter that pushing out KOF 14 with 50 characters, having a good business model and a game with a good follow and things like that, it helps them having a better aura for hiring new people. And I think that shows too in, uh, in KOF 15. And I think that's all for the context. All right. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that history. Well, I think I think it is important for people to to understand like where SNK has been and where they are now up to fifteen to kind of have a better idea of the expectations, uh, for lack of a better word or a pun here. Um in terms of how this game should be received, I guess. I don't want to like paint necessarily a certain way, but like I think if there are factors to be considered for uh, KOF 15, it's kind of like the journey that uh, they've been on. So it's good that Thomas was able to uh, articulate that because it's really it's really important. Uh, like, where do we want to go from here? That are we going to talk about? Like, we're going to go right into the first impressions, <laughs> like on the visuals, or because I feel like that's yeah. like the that's the, that's the things we need we need to address first. Is that first, yeah. Like, when you look at the trailers of the game, you're like, oh my god, okay, they they did something, but I'm not sure it's better, actually. <laughs> but, but, I'm going to be honest, the trailers of the game are way uglier than the real game. And when you play the game, uh, the game is not shockingly ugly or something like that. It's actually, in some aspects, quite pretty. Except maybe for the flame effects and uh, the, the special effects that are absolutely terrible. They're just, they're, for me, that's the thing that uh, that makes the game a bit ridiculous. But on this, you know, when you see fighting in trailers nowadays, they all they, they put all the the super arts, uh, cinematic super arts, and things like that in the trailer, and you don't see the game that much actually in the moving game, you know. And so when playing KOF 15, I don't know for you, James, but I was very surprised in a good sense that the game was holding way better than I expected and was pleasant to look at. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one of the things that was like really surprising for me was uh, just how much, you know, I would hear people say this on YouTube, uh, like, you know, the game looks so much better in person. The game looks so much better in person. And, you know, when I actually got a chance to play the beta, like, the first thing that hit me was just how much of a better visual experience the game was in comparison to 14. Um, you know, from better color direction, like, in terms of, like, just how colors were, like, seen on screen, they were much more saturated, uh, a lot more vibrant. Uh, you know, the models seem like they had a bit more polish um you know i mean it's it's definitely a thing where if you look at king of fighters 15 as you know you're comparing this to snk's journey not 
the standard of uh, you know most typical 3D games, especially 3D fighting games, uh, you know they honestly jump leaps and bounds with with 15. Um, it definitely looks better. Uh, there's some animations that definitely are a lot stronger. Uh, so yeah, like when you're looking at the trailer, it's 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 a representation of the game, but like it's not quite exactly. And it's hard to like really pinpoint what causes that, but uh, outside of the fact that they're still finishing the game and everything, but it does look a lot better when you're seeing the game run in person. Um, so that's definitely uh, something that I was really happy about. Like when I was actually playing it, I was like, man, this looks, looks so much better. Um, yeah. You know, like it was just, it was like a treat because I think the, the issue I had with 14, because I bought 14 uh, mainly because I wanted to continue to support. I was like, I know that, you know, basically based on the back, the backstory of SNK, uh, you know, it's like they, they, I feel like once they get more support, more resources, more staff, more whatever, that their games are just going to get better in terms of like, you know, production and things like that. And I feel like with 15, it's evident. Um, I mean, even, even something down to like the UI and the interface of the game itself, just how you navigate things. Yeah. Uh, the UI so, is great. So much better yeah. than uh, KOF 14. Even, even, and that even all the recent fighting games, because we've been plagued with terrible UIs and oh, Andrews in, in fighting <laughs> games for years now. And so seeing the one from KOF 15 was like, oh my god, this is this is actually super great. Like, yeah. <laughs> like for, for, for some, finally yeah. something they didn't change they didn't try to reinvent it and that works because it already works well yeah <laughs> that's, that's nice it was a very clean uh aesthetic it, it reminded me like somewhat of kof 11 uh yeah, and how everything that. was very clean and concise it had what i like to call the garnier aesthetic uh yeah, just because cool. of like the the shape language and like the colors and everything and i was like wow like this is this is really yeah, neat they also took some aspects of uh, Mark of the Wolves. Uh, yes. With, the big, with yeah. the big numbers for the, the number of supers and things like that. But yeah, yeah. from this point, it's actually great. Yeah, And I think to, to pinpoint what you said, like why does the game look bad in trailers? That In the trailers, they, they focus a lot on faces and things like that. And uh, we should say that in close-ups, Characters look bad. Basically, they look like uh, they look like uh, dolls, and uh, yeah, that's that's, the... and that's, uh, that's the thing that makes the the world. You know, it, it looks anime, but not anime, and uh, that's very very strange, and that's not well done, basically. But in game, I think that's cool. I think one of the yeah, like when you're playing the game, like where the camera is fixed. The game presents itself very well. I think that if the challenge that at least that I see with the aesthetic that they've chosen is that it feels like SNK is attempting to capture the look of like finished illustrations by the character designer of KOF 15. Like that's what it seems like uh, the game sort of is approaching. Because if you look at the the character cards from the trailers, like the still images, the images that they use in the character select in the beta, um, they they look really good. 
like they do like i mean they're not they're not one for one like uh tomohiro makata's designs but they are a they're an earnest attempt at trying to capture what the hand-drawn art looks like that the character designer for the game created um now when you start having those move and you're trying to capture that same sort of pastiche i guess or, or like that feel of the character designs in 3d it's it becomes a lot tougher if you don't have like individual face controllers or something that can actually animate facial expressions to the degree that uh, nakata's designs actually portrays so you know that's a challenge that the visual aesthetic of the game has to deal with but uh yeah it's definitely something when you see in their faces uh it doesn't quite capture the emotions that you're hearing like from the voice actors like if they're doing like uh like one of their supers or like a desperation move like their faces don't match the emotions currently so uh you know i i kind of hope that that's something that can be fixed in the future but it's definitely something that you'll notice like when you're playing it you'll definitely see that the emotions on characters faces are not quite where they need to be and it's i mean i guess that's kind of like a it's like a difficult thing especially when you look at some of their older sprites or any old school 2d fighting game sprites there's a lot of emotion uh felt in characters faces when they're getting hit not just that their bodies are showing that expression but their faces are too so it's it's a interesting experience when you're playing the beta and you see somebody get hit by something or you see someone doing an attack and their emotions don't quite match uh what's happening on screen so yeah it's definitely something that sticks out a bit and also something we need to address is that one of the the key elements that allowed um, 14 to be made was that they used 3d and so they for most characters they used the same animation steps and uh, and timing that they had in the previous games but on some things they decided to um, buy some times and let uh, 3d interpolation to the work and so yeah. that means that there are some animations that are not well timed and that's a very big issue in the it was a very big issue in 14. it's a bit better in 15 but that's still very apparent that some things are not animated by hand basically and that's a shame because on some characters you're going to see details that the animators made that are very well made and after that your character will start to jump or roll or dash or something like that you know the, the standard things and um you feel that it's it's lacking punch energy and it's a bit floaty or not fast enough and you can see it very very closely with some new characters that have amazing animations like uh chris doing moonwalk like when he's going back for example it's it's amazing but after that you see him doing a roll and you're like okay no that that doesn't work so you know what's funny is like i <laughs> i feel like oh man like it's it's one of the things this is coming from the perspective of somebody who actually really enjoyed their experience uh enjoyed a lot of their experience with the beta um chris is definitely a is a is a visual point of contention uh in 15 i'm not sure where this character is in terms of like 
the production schedule in terms of like, you know, what they choose to do or what not to do. But there are definitely moments where you're looking at this character and you're like, man, Chris looks amazing. Like in game, like his model looks um, fantastic. Like for someone who's a fan of Chris, like seeing Chris return and then seeing Chris look the way he does on screen when you first see him, you're like, wow, like good job, SNK. Like you did it. Um, but then there's aspects that happen like as you're playing the game where you're like, wait a minute, that looked really strange or that looked a little weird. And I mean, we're in a beta. So, I mean, some things are going to be a little more complete, complete than others. Um, but it's definitely when you're looking at Chris, there are things that I'm pretty sure they're going to change, or at least I hope they will. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw this, Thomas, but when, uh, Chris has what I like to call like the super turbo syndrome where there's certain animations where the character's sprite is enlarged and then it like quickly goes back to like the normal proportion. So when you low jump with Chris, he gets huge. And then like by the time he comes down uh, from the arc of the jump, like his model has been resized. So, and these are, it's like, these are things that kind of just come up. Like you just see it while you're playing it, you know, like you're sitting in training mode, like testing something. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, why did Chris get so big? Like, why did, why did he enlarge? Like what happened? And I thought my mind was playing tricks on me and I was like, and I kept doing it. And then like, I recorded it, slowed it down. I was like, oh man, like his model is not on model. Like it's, it's something like the size of his character model, like increases, uh, during that animation, like I'm sure his hurt box doesn't change or anything like that, but like where he is on screen seems to be a little bit different than where you would think he would project. So I mean, it's, it's stuff like that that kind of take away from uh, some of the like visual splendor that the game does have, where you're just like, oh my god, like they really outdid themselves. But again, I mean, the game is it's a beta; it's not the final. Um, so there's definitely going to be things in there like that where, you know, hopefully they will, they will fix those things. But I do remember just being like, oh my God, like I wasn't expecting for his model to like increase in size, like from his, uh, small jump. Now the last thing I wanted to talk about before we talk about the gameplay, but, um, about the character design of the game. So 14 was also, well, already a bit special in some ways and uh, 15 uh, continues on this trend and uh, there are some characters that look look great like Yuri oh yeah great Um, yeah we should uh, talk about that for a little bit I think Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Dolores looks great in some aspects and uh, Chris looks great and all things look very great but there are so many characters that help over designed or badly designed that it's uh, it's very strange and I know I've talked to you uh, about this before Richmond but there's a mobile game aesthetic syndrome in this game that never stops to um, not please me <laughs> I would say. Okay. And that's very special because you know we, we talked about this before in private like the all the colors are both flashy and desaturated or there's like shyness everywhere but in the end you don't see anything popping out 
Right. And uh, and also we talked about at length about over designing themes like with motifs and things like that. Like, uh, just take a place book for example, or some characters in the Guilty Gear third, for example. So we talked about all this, but the the, the mobile aesthetics of way of treating color for some characters like Isla, for example, or even Dolores. It's ah, it's. It's strange, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like KOF to me. You know, I can't go over the fact that KOF had excellent color management and uh, knew where to direct your high. And in this game, it's it's hard. Everything is shining, everything is moving, everything is. I can't uh, make it. Doesn't work with my brain. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's definitely things in KOS 15 where it's it's at a point where you can definitely tell that they're still working on the game. Uh, and I think I think that's the one thing that always comes back to me in my head is just like, you can definitely tell that they're still working on the game because there's characters that animate just fine. They look just fine. And then... There's characters that feel like they have, uh, like a very distinct feel of like this is the first run of these models being tested and these assets being tested where colors haven't been adjusted. Um, so sometimes certain characters will look like they are part of the game, and then other characters may sort of have this feeling of okay, we just put together like the basic rough animations of this character and like the basic textures and the basic colors of a character. Um, and I mean, you know, the, the elephants in the room are definitely Isla and Dolores. Um, they, they look like they are not quite as polished as everybody else. Like they're like still in the process of being polished. I mean, and you can see differences in characters that showed up i think like in the early trailers like if you look at some of those characters now they definitely look different uh in their actual trailer so I, I think for me like you know my hope is that you know maybe they'll be able to touch them up but it's definitely something that would be hard to deny in the beta is that there's definitely characters that are a lot more finished um than others and i think that had a lot to do with who was available because um they handpicked specific characters uh, from the plethora of characters that have been announced, right? Like, I think there were like eight characters in the beta. It was like, uh, Yuri, Kyo, uh, Kaguya, um, the new hero, I always forgot Shunei. Yeah, Shunei. And uh, I think that's all. Yeah, uh, Yashin yeah. and Chris. And Sharma. Yeah, Yeah, it was a very... There's a very limited uh, amount of characters, and I think uh, one of the things they were trying to do was make sure that people got a basic feel for KOF from playing 15, and then they wanted to make sure that like people like Isla and Dolores got a chance to be played so they could see what potentially needs to change like gameplay-wise. But uh, one thing I do want to say is like even with the visual challenges that this game sort of faces... I do believe it's a vast improvement collectively, like over uh, KOF 14. Um, it's definitely something that I think for a global standpoint is a little rough around the edges. 
Um, but it definitely is leagues beyond like what 14 felt like in terms of presentation. Like they, they definitely took some time to really focus on, okay, how do we make the UI better? How do we make, um, the gameplay experience, something easier to visually digest. Um, you know, they, they really outdid themselves on that front. So I definitely want to give them, uh, credit for that, but there are definitely things that hopefully, uh, before its release or maybe after, because I mean, people forget that KOF 14 did get some visual updates, uh, you know, after its release and it did help. Yeah. The (laughs) game actually got shaders, uh, (laughs) You know, and, and, and I mean, we say this respectfully, but that is what happened. Like, it literally got, like, shaders that actually helped the characters look a lot better. Um, you know, so there may be more development visually for, for 15 after its release. But even for it to be where it is right now in terms of characters, I it's, it's definitely a place where they can only go up. Um, the particle effects are definitely a, a challenge, I think. Uh I think that's probably like one of the other bigger visual things that, you know, hopefully they'll continue to work on because they have gotten better from when they were in the trailers initially, but there's, there's still some, uh, some identity that needs to be given to them to make them snap a little bit more. And, uh, you know, hopefully between now and February, uh, they'll continue to do that. But I think visually overall, it's much more digestible. It's much more, fun to see people do things like you kind of want to see people do things in these games like you kind of want to see what their supers look like what their desperation moves and stuff look like uh you know so it's definitely fun on that guard in regard um speaking of fun the the gameplay is something i think we should definitely dive into and um you know the one thing i do want to say is and i'm sure some people may take this a different way because it's both it's a positive, but it's also like a room for improvement thing. The gameplay is very familiar. Uh, anybody who's played any KOF, but I would say specifically 13, but more of 14. Um, 13, 14, or 2002, I would say. Yeah, like this game feels very comfortable, um, which in a in an era where like, I think gameplay and fighting games has definitely been looked at under many microscopes. I think that having something that still harkens to a bit of a, a classical like KOS feel while still giving something for newer players, at least in terms of like auto combos and stuff like that, in terms of like accessibility, like I think that uh, the game is very comfortable, uh, which I was happy for, but it definitely makes you think about uh how others may see this because i mean compared to most people i'm probably like a kof vet like i've been playing kof since i think the first game that i really tried to get like serious about like in terms of like playing and developing a playstyle for was like uh kof 11 um i always kind of dabbled in some of the class a lot of the classics like you know i mean i liked playing kyo i liked playing yori and stuff in like 98 but i really took a liking to kof 11 and you know, games after that sort of prepared me for themselves. So it was like going to 15 definitely felt like like a more polished 14. Like I and I know that it's that 14 not fine basically. Yeah, like it's, it's 14. it it because it has all of the gameplay mechanics 
uh, of 14, but they've been adjusted in different ways. Um, and they introduced one new mechanic called Shatter Strike, which if you've played Street Fighter 4 or you've seen focus attacks, it works in like a similar vein where you do an attack that receives one hit of armor that if it successfully hits, it causes a crumple. Um, it does require one bar to use, but if it's successfully hit, I believe it gives you back half of that bar so that you can still use an incentive to combo off of it and you don't feel like you're like wasting a whole like resource just to get this attack off. Um, it can be used defensively, but I've seen most people use it, even including myself, as an offensive move in terms of using it in combos to get more damage. Um, and it is fun, but it is a def it's definitely like a, it's a mechanic that it feels like it's something that might have been in 14, but they just didn't do it. And they just kind of added it in 15 as like a small new element to the game. But it's it's definitely something that kind of like it's not a main course. It's like a side order. It's like, you know, it's not like that important. It's important, but it doesn't have that feeling of like the first time someone plays like, uh, I don't know, Street Fighter 3 and parries were like shown like that was like a new tool mechanic and never was in like a 2d capcom fighting game it was just like oh my gosh what can i do the possibilities are endless kind of thing it's kind of like shatter strike is very straightforward um you kind of know what it's for and how you're going to use it and it's kind of like okay this is like one of many uh tools uh the, the one thing i do want to say is max mode is still in the game uh, but one thing that I do like, even though it took me a while to get used to it, was they took the time to make this mechanic still be in the game, but they allowed it to feel a bit more, I guess, accessible or uh, easier to yeah. digest for like just, to, just, just for players. People, so people yet know about what Max Mod is. Historically, in KOF, Max Mod comes from. The, the modern version of MaxMod comes from 2002. And uh, the thing is that you, you break a, a bar of uh, super, of uh, your resources, and uh, it allows you to make different things that you cannot do in normal mode. And um, for example, in uh, 2002 and 13, I think you could cancel a special move into another special move on it, for example. And in 14, the goal was uh, it allowed you to do uh, X move. And uh, so you would, for example, know each your opponent, press two buttons, you will enter max mode. And in max mode, you could do uh, combos that are not possible in the, when you are not into max mode. And one of the things that I feel people didn't enjoy a lot in KOF 14 is that it was very linear. Because since you could only do uh, X moves during uh, the max mode and not during neutral or things like that without uh, breaking the bar before pressing the two buttons and for activating the max mode, well, it was a little bit like I jump on you if I open your card, I'm going to uh, go to max mode and do my 100% combo at the resources. And uh, it was a bit just. So everyone played a little bit the same, like player to player. And uh, I feel that KWF 15 addresses that because 
in this episode you can do the i think you can do the the, the x moves without being in max mode right and not, right uh, yeah yeah exactly like in uh, 13 basically and they also addressed like the the thing which is that each time you you can enter maximum by pressing two buttons in neutral or you can press it during combo and in 14 you add the same amount of time uh, either way in 15 if you do it in a combo you have quick max mode and a quick max mode last uh, less time than the neutral max mode of doing this makes it that combos are shorter and that you cannot kill as efficiently as it 14. So the game feels more open, more balanced, and that's super great when you, when you are playing it. And I know that that's, that's one of the things that you enjoy the most in the games. <laughs> well, I think, I think one of the things that, uh, well, you're right. I mean, that is definitely something I, I thoroughly enjoyed about uh, KOF both 13 and 14 was uh, the ability to uh, explore combo routes uh not just in terms of like you know how cool they are and what you can juggle but uh damage potential and 14 definitely suffered from the idea that everyone converted max mode from a combo and usually had either a 90 to 100 percent like touch of death combo um not that that's necessarily a bad thing because i mean this is kind of a staple of kof and they definitely exist currently in kof 15 but how you go about them definitely has changed in terms of how many people can use max mode quick to actually do 100% as opposed to doing like a raw activation and then doing a combo that, you know, could do, you know, 85 to 100%. So there is a bit more creativity uh, in KOF 15 in terms of how you approach uh, particular combo routes. Uh, but one thing that I really liked that they did uh, currently was that when you use max mode quick, when you're doing a combo into max mode, the activation is a lot more significant. Um, I think in 13 and 14, it was a lot more subtle. Uh, it was really fast. And, you know, if you're someone who plays competitively, this is normal for you. You're just like, okay, I know I hear the sound. I see the glow of the shadow trail behind me. I know I'm in max mode. It's fine. But for someone who's a bit more casual, it may not read as something very like easy for them to like dissect or like uh, digest visually. So what they did in 15 was they really make it apparent. They slow the game down, really bright uh, particle effects come on the screen, and then it allows you to go right into it. So you see that your character pauses, initiates the mode, and then runs forward. Um, the game communicates way better many many things because the the trolls also have a, a special color the yes. overheads have them too and the, the max the, the quick max mode now has the, the slowdown you talked about so everything is way way more easy to, to identify and that that's something great that's something great yeah i think i think that because i think that's a a hurdle for a lot of people um especially if they're new to kof is understanding what's going on and i mean that sounds like you know really simple to say but uh you know if you've been playing kof for a long time or if you've been playing fighting games for a long time in general um we take for granted how much information we digest on a regular basis like in a match um 
and for newer players to a fighting game that you know has a legacy like KOF, it can be a bit intimidating. So the fact that they were able to find a way to communicate, you know, more effectively, like what's going on, not a bad thing at all. I think that uh, them doing that actually would encourage people to uh, explore things a lot more. It's like, oh, okay, so that's when I can do this stuff, and you know, someone goes, oh, wait, let me. Maybe I'll go to training mode for like 15 minutes and kind of like mess around with something and try to figure out something for myself. So I think on like a subtle level, it allowed it allows the game to be introduced to newer players and encourages them to explore gameplay elements that are extremely new to them. Uh, so I, I thought that that was like a nice touch um, and very insightful, I think, for especially for the climate of games now. It's like simplifying things is not a bad thing. Uh, I think that what should still happen is at some point players, regardless of what level they're at in terms of being introduced to KOF, that they should be presented things in a way that sparks curiosity where they're like, Hey, what is this? Like, I want to see what else I can do. It's like, Oh wait, I can do more than an auto combo. I can actually like string stuff together um, and again, I mean, as someone who plays on like a competitive level, you know, we forget that like the stuff that we do on a regular basis, this is all fresh and new. It's like, that's a new revelation for a player to go, wait a minute, I can do a combo. Like that's not the pre-programmed one. Like I can, I can actually do more damage. Like, oh, okay. And it introduces it in a way that makes them feel like, okay, I don't have to do all this right now, but the fact that I know it's there, you know, like the fact that I can see it easily digest it and get myself ready to do whatever inputs are required as opposed to a very quick i mean the animation for this stuff in 14 and 13 was super fast it would just happen you would kind of glow orange or yellow and then you really didn't it's like if you're a new player you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to see that right away until you play the game for a long time so it's cool that they looked into that kind of uh communication between a player i think that's super important yeah, maybe we since time passes and I have a, I'll be a, I have to, to get a, to leave soon. Maybe we can talk about the, the bad things now because I think we've been fairly positive basically about the game. Like oh yeah, I mean like, yeah. I don't know for you, <laughs> what you what you felt about it, but uh, overall uh, this is a good game. Uh, like yeah, uh, yeah. So there are two things I think we need to think about that are not very three things to first uh overall gross uh over sexualization of some character that i think is like way out of touch for our times and i don't know why they continue to do this we don't have to talk about it in deep in depth but uh, i wanted to, to say to if there are female players listening to us uh, that's uh, that's a lot to take in some uh, for some characters. Yeah, this um, is true. Yeah, and secondly, um, the netcoder. <laughs> I haven't played online because I was playing in a versus mode with a frame all weekend, or all the Saturday. But you told me, and I've seen things on the internet that. Uh, it wasn't uh, like my brother just <laughs> raised from the couch and looked at me and said, America. <laughs> 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 I, don't 
<laughs> so the 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 net code wasn't great for you, James, if I remember correctly. Like it, it's supposed to be uh, a robot netcode, but it's badly implemented. So I, I you know to, to to quote Roy Batty from Blade Runner, like I've seen things you wouldn't believe. Um <laughs> when it when it comes to the netcode in KOF fifteen there's a lot of room for improvement. And for those that don't know what roll, rollback netcode is, it is a prominent form of netcode that is used to provide a better online experience for fighting games. It's been around for a very long time. Uh, some people may have known about it through something called GGPO, uh, which stood for Good Game, Peace Out. Uh, it was actually something made by the Cannon Brothers, the creators of EVO. Um, and basically it's, uh, hmm? what's up? No, sorry. Let's say it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No problem. But, uh, yeah, like it's, it's something that's been around for a long time. It's evolved. Uh, it's gotten a lot better, uh, to a point that, you know, you see games like Guilty Gear Strive, I think recently KOF 98, uh, 2002 Ultimate Match. They all have rollback netcode, and they basically Guilty Gear Accent Core too. They in Accent Core, yeah. Guilty Gear Accent Core actually also received it, so it makes for a better online experience, a better connection for people. Uh, you know, if you're playing a character that has like complicated combos or inputs, or you're really good at reactions, like you have a better chance of playing the way that you want to play. So it's just a better experience all around. Um, in KOF 15, however. Um, it does seem like there's some challenges that are uh, apparent in implementing it in this game at this time and at the level of, I guess, a gameplay experience or like user experience. Um, so what ends up happening a lot is one-sided rollback where basically player one is playing in the future and player two is playing in the past. And they desync somewhere. Like they're in the same timeline at one point, and then somehow player one is playing forward as opposed to uh, to player two. So what ends up happening is the game has to roll back to where <laughs> he's to, where they're supposed to be, uh, which causes for a lot of interesting interactions. Uh, you could be in the middle of a combo, and all of a sudden you're on the ground, and they've thrown you. Uh, there are times where you'll hit an opponent and you'll visually see it, but you don't hear it. You hear a block sound instead of a hit. Um, in some cases, you may have sounds that deteriorate because the game is not sure what asset to play at that time. So not only are you hearing the sound, but the sound is actually distorted. Um, sometimes no sound plays at all. Um, there's definitely been points where I've hit somebody and heard the KO sound, but they didn't die. But they had <laughs> the health to, you know, it was like they looked like they were going to die. They died okay. audibly. The From the audible sense, they, they died, but then they didn't get hit. So there's, and it's not something where it happened like once or twice. Like, I would say, like, if I played like 30 matches, I'd say maybe 12 there's like 12 instances of 
rollback issues with the audio and that affects how people play so i mean i hope that the beta test again i want to put a lot of focus on this this is a beta this is not the finished version of the game um they yeah, put but, yeah uh, yeah they, i'm going I mean, to be more nuanced on this than you. <laughs> <laughs> i mean the, the thing about it right is that is there room for them to improve yeah but i think realistically speaking the rollback being improved before release is not as likely as I would like to think. Like, I think that it's going to take some time for SNK to figure out what it is they need to do to, uh, to fix it. Cause it is definitely a glaring problem that the game faces right now because online play is more important than it's ever been. Um, yeah. you know, but the, the, just for people that this, that are listening to this and have no idea how, rollback netcode and things, how grave this is. All the things that James described now are like basic implementation rollback error that we've seen in various games in the past 10 years. And some of them are still there. For example, SF5, uh, Street Fighter Cross Taken in 2014 had the same sound problems. Uh, the desync between players, which means that uh, for some reason, one of the game of one of the players runs faster than the other, so one is in the future and the other is in the past. This is something that has been detected by the creators of GGPO in, in like 2008, like 15 years ago. And that's something that plagued Street Fighter V for six years, and they did never fixed it. And it gave a bad rep to rollback netcode in Japan uh, because SF5 did it poorly. So when I see what the problems they have in the beta, I'm like, okay, guys, it's it's not just a beta problem. It's not finished. You, you haven't finished implementing and fixing things that are supposed to be fixed at this point, you know? And, uh, and what I see is that when I see the problems they have, the secret to make a world like netcode working is that you have to be able to uh, unsync your visuals and your sound from your gameplay uh, loop. So you are able to uh, replay your gameplay loop and stop sounds, stop animations every time, uh, everywhere you want, you know. And so what I think happened is that they never planned to add rollback before. And they saw what happened with the Gas Drive, which was not supposed to have rollback netcode to and the, the devs were pressured like maniacs and were coming up with excuses that made them look very bad for why they would not take it. And in the end, they did, they took it, and it worked perfectly. And it's a huge part of the success of the game. So I think SNK was basically ready to sell us shitty netcode again and say, yeah, but it works for Japan, uh, we did some amazing things, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, they, they rolled back uh, before, <laughs> before announcing anything, and now they are very struggling with, like, basic level of rollback implementation problems. So, crossing fingers, it will be fixed, but I really, really hope they make it in time for release because if they don't, that's going to be terrible for them. 
Yeah, that's a. I mean, you're absolutely right about that. Um, you know, it, it definitely, in an ideal sense, it needs to be released. It needs to be released uh, with netcode fixed. Like it needs to work. Um, I mean, and like he was saying before, I mean, you know, roll rollback netcode has existed for an incredibly long time. I mean, you know, it was first introduced with Alpha Two. You know, Alpha 2, Street Fighter Alpha 2 is an old game. Like, you know, it's been introduced, you know, a long time ago. Uh, and it's it's at a point where, you know, you would feel like, okay, at this point, this needs to be something that's from the past. Like, it's just like, you know, these these issues shouldn't even be happening in new games. So, um, yeah, my, we, are past, we are past those problems, like... Yeah, we shouldn't even be talking about this, you know. Right. That's because because that's hindering the rest of the genre of the of fighting musical. We are struggling with basic netcode implementation. Meanwhile, we have no time to discuss about UX loading times, uh, new game modes, things like that. Because every time we have to talk about to a, a fighting game developer, it's to be able. It's to be sure that they are not fucking up the netcode. So that's, uh, I mean, that's, yeah, that's exhausting. Like as a Fantasyland fan, it's exhausting to hold your developers accountable. Like, the, what world are we living in where it's the customers that have to say to the developer, if you don't do this, your game is going to die online in like two days. Don't do it. And they're like, it's okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's the sad part about it is that you know it's a very it's a very basic element to playing a game. It's basically like, hey, uh, can you just make sure your game works? And I know that sounds a bit uh, pejorative, but we're at a point where you just want the game to work. And online gameplay, whether you play it a lot or not, it is super important. Casual, competitive, it doesn't matter. Being able to actually play people in a game that is made to play, you know, against two people outside of story mode, I mean, the game should actually work. So it's it's something that at this point, it's probably the, the most glaring flaw of the game right now. Uh, and, and hopefully it'll get fixed. I mean, like I said, we've talked about other things that we would have liked differently about the game but overall like playing the game is it's fine game. it just game. needs to work That's it just needs to work <laughs> i have to wrap this up guys i want just wanted to say one last thing my, my feeling about the game right now is that its main problem to me is that it doesn't have anything that makes him makes him unique basically we, we talked about how it's a uh, version uh it's 14.5 <laughs> instead of right. 15, basically. But I think that's a strength on some aspect because being conservative is good for, for business, I suppose. But I'm kind of bored by Max Mode gameplay because we had Max Mode all the time in every KOF since oh, 10 years now, like 2002, uh, match, 13, 14, and now 15. That's the fourth game in a row with the Max Mode thing. And SNK was known for, you know, checking up the formula a little bit with each iteration. So I'm a bit, uh, um, 
fact that they, that the game is so conservative and there's no gameplay mechanic that makes me say okay that's something that is unique that defines gateway 14 you know okay uh, we 15 sorry you see that the lapsus is very clear. <laughs> and so yeah uh, i think that's that's the main problem to me on the game i don't see okay it's preacher there are new characters things like that but i don't see why i would buy this game outside of this because to me it's basically my level and my investment in the game that's basically the same game as before so that's uh complicated but well yeah it's a tough it's a it's a very tough thing to uh it's like it's like one of those tough pills to swallow about the game right because i mean from my perspective right like i like the game it's fun uh i'm looking forward to when it comes out i'm excited for it but at the same time like if you think about somebody who doesn't know anything about snk doesn't know anything about kof maybe they're new to fighting games um but they knew of kof 14 they're gonna look at this game and be like well if i already have kof 14 why do i need this game um and and i mean in a way it's like you can't really argue against that because they're not wrong i mean this game fundamentally speaking is a better attempt at kof 14 um which again you know depending on your perspective it's not a bad thing at all but I definitely can see how someone could look at this and go, well, I mean, I already have this game. It's just right. not as pretty as this one. Yeah. You know, so that's, it, that's something that they face. Well, that's it uh, for me. So, all right. Any well, questions for us, which one, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I, <laughs> you, I mean, you know, it's, it's all about, um, your 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 hands-on experience here uh I, I yeah and you guys are very thorough um yeah, yeah. you don't have to ask anything if you don't uh, feel like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> i think i think that the the biggest thing here is that we're, we're talking about a new kof game being introduced in 2020 in 2021 there are certain things that you know a fighting game can be great if great gameplay great designs etc etc but if there's one thing that's incredibly important is for people to be able to play the game um and netcode is definitely a contributing factor to whether or not someone can play a game or not uh you know because you're you're not only thinking about people like me you're thinking about people that are new new to fighting games so it's like if they boot up the game and they have a match where it desyncs they're gonna be like oh the game doesn't work and they're gonna go play something else uh or if they look up a review and people are saying that the netcode is bad they're not gonna say oh i'll just wait for an update maybe they'll fix it and then i'll get it then it's gonna be like oh this game doesn't work and they're gonna move on to whatever game they want to play where they know that they don't have these types of problems or issues. So it's, it's one of those things where the game is great, but it really has to overcome this hurdle before it comes out. It has to. Um, I mean, I could talk about all the great things about it, but it's like at the same time, like net code is a big deal 
And if it doesn't get fixed, it, it could be a forgotten game. And I don't want it to be because I really do feel like SNK has, uh, you know, really improved. They've, they've greatly improved against, you know, yeah. in comparison to 14. It's just they need this extra push for the netcode to be what it needs to be so that it's a game people can play. And I it's, I know I keep saying it that way, but it's just like I'm thinking about the perspective of an average gamer. It's like I want my game to work. Like, I, I want my game to work, period. Like, it doesn't matter if you're an uh, execution-heavy person or not. Like, if you punch somebody and you hear a blocking sound, it's going to be weird to you. Or if you hit somebody and you see them die but they didn't, it's going to be weird to you. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just what it is. Yeah. Anyway, that was us. Okay, we're 15. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, th that's that's KOF 15 at its current state as a beta. So, you know, that's all that's all we can really say about it at this time without you know going on any further with the, the netcode thing. It's just super important. Okay, we're going to have to leave you there. <laughs> all right, Thomas. All right. Old. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us today. Yeah. Yeah, take it yeah, easy, thank man. Thank you for having me. And, uh, uh, well, uh, see you uh, in another episode of uh, RTW Cast. Yep, <laughs> yeah. see you soon. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right. Um, yeah, I guess I'll do uh, get into the out outro now. <laughs> so I, sure, I, sure. I, I was a pretty quiet voice today, but uh, just, you know, it was nice to be a fly on the wall for this conversation. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, of course, we'll, we'll uh, get back to... Um, talking about this uh, uh you know when when the release date of the game uh starts uh, oh of course looms, yeah i, I think larger. i think the main thing is that uh every like i said everything else about the game is, is is great it's uh it's more getting this part fixed and i think that hopefully by the time the release you know the the net code will be uh what it needs to be but ever, other than that it's a good game honestly yeah, no, that's really promising. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, um, one thing I didn't mention was, uh, and I feel like more people need to know this, uh, is the DJ station function. Uh, it was not available in the beta, but it will be when the game is released. Uh, the DJ station is a jukebox that literally has over 300 SNK classic music VGMs. Uh, no uh, I mean, we're talking stuff from 98 all the way up to uh 13 14 um there's like arranged tracks for 15 that are going to be there so what? um while i wasn't able to really enjoy the dj station because it wasn't available uh it is going to be available on release um they did have like i think four or five tracks that were available they were like mostly stuff that you heard in trailers like people's uh like stage themes um i don't think there were too many individual character themes that were available but um if you do decide to get the game you will be owning uh or at least have access to a lot of classic snk music and if you haven't really listened to snk music it is a wonderful journey of fighting game music so uh if you do plan on getting the game definitely uh play around with the dj station and uh, fall in love with whatever classic uh snk game music that you might be looking for or newly discovered Oh yeah, man! Wow, that's rad. I hadn't hadn't even heard of it. Okay, great tip. 
Yeah. <laughs> no problem. No problem. It's in the it's in one of the trailers that came out right before the beta, so I don't know if a lot of people saw it. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, um, yeah. To everyone that's listening, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Um, yeah, and uh, taking taking time out of your your day to uh, you know join us as we uh, effuse over all the games that we love. All right. So um, yeah, uh, I'm uh, I'm your host Richmond. Um, yeah. So thanks thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, if if you want to follow along with the podcast, um, please uh, follow us on Twitter. That's uh, at Art Eater Podcast, A R T E A T E R Podcast. Uh, that's the best place to uh, keep up with the podcast, to keep up with the latest news. You know, uh, keep in touch with uh, whenever the latest podcasts go out. Um, and if you want to catch up on uh, the you know previous podcast, just uh, head over to arteater.com. That's a r t dash e a t e a t e r dot com. Uh, we got uh, all all our old uh, podcasts up on the podcast section there, and also you know um, lots of written uh, articles. That's that's originally what uh, Art Eater was. <clears throat> yeah, and um, yeah, if you want to follow me, uh, e- even though I, I didn't have very much to say today, if you want to follow me, uh, follow me on Twitter at um, at Richmond Lee. That's R I C H M O N D underscore L E E. Yeah, and then uh, uh, James, you know, let let everyone know what what you're up to and uh, how how to follow along. Oh well, uh, I'm actually working on a, a lot of different projects, but uh, you're definitely going to see. Uh, more of a part-time shuffle. It's a uh, original project that I've created, and uh, it is a love letter to all things that I love, including fighting games, much like the one that we were discussing today. Um, you can see that stuff on my Twitter, which is beefy underscore kunoichi. That's b double e f y underscore k u n o i c h i. I post a lot of sketches. Uh, storyboard stuff and i tend to talk a lot about the things that i like and things that inspire me so if you're into that kind of thing uh definitely come along and give me a follow and you can take the journey with me all right uh yeah okay so um yeah that that's it that wraps up uh podcast number 50 here and uh yeah look forward to recording (laughs) another another 50 with you guys uh, yes, of course. Forward to hitting, hitting that century mark with yell. Okay, yeah, exactly. All right. Take care, everyone. Take care. <laughs>